All righty, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in to Shooting the Shit. Uh, I'm here with It's Millar Time, and today we're going to talk about the Brownells Glock Slide with RMR, the AR9 build series that we have. And then along with the Glock Slide, we have like what are good parts kits for the upper, for the uh, slide, and then what are some good parts kits for the lower, um, for the Glock. And then I'll talk about my KP15 um, AR9 that I've got. Uh, I've got everything for the lower ready. I am just waiting on a barrel. Um, and then, uh, what do you, what do you have, Scotty? What do you want to talk about? Um, well, I was going to talk about, we didn't touch on the unbranded AR thing. I know you mentioned it at the beginning of the last one. So yeah, I think I said, I think I just we, said that you could talk about it if you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, so. might, might, yeah, I might've mentioned it, but I think uh, we were having fun with Christian and never got around to, uh, to talking about that. So I'll touch on that. Um, and then I'll, update on my AR9 build and interest to get your thoughts on sites for that um, as well. I mean, I'm just going to run a Hollis on a reptilian mount on mine. So that's all I'm going to be doing. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I was kind of thinking of upgrading a site on something else and then swapping over like a Vortex, uh, Spark AR or Hollow Sun, one of the two. I like Hollow Sun. I don't like. I, I will say this. I like Hollow Sun. I don't like them nearly as much as I like the um, the aim points. But I do like the Hollow Suns. They're they're very nice. Like if I had to if I had to buy another optic tomorrow, I'd probably buy a Hollow Sun. Um, but I'm also in the market for buying an aim point pretty soon. So you know, it all depends. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I was thinking uh, potentially throw an EOTech on something else because you know I love my EOTechs. <laughs> and then i think uh, you're in i think you're the eotech guy here and i'm the aim point guy here <laughs> yeah I, I i mean i i do understand the battery argument there's a massive difference there mm -hmm. um but yeah I, I don't know i've in the short time that i've had mine i i love that exps uh three see um, the the reason why i don't like it and my only my only reason why i wouldn't get it is because it's not auto on it auto shuts like, up. Uh, yeah, like, like the shake wake type. I, don't, I, I mean, I don't care if it just stayed on all the time. I don't. Yeah. I, um, the problem is, I don't think the battery technology is there yet to keep it on all the time, or they haven't got their reticle technology to the point where it could stay on all the time. Um, but the thing about the aim points is, no matter what gun I put them on, um, they're always on. Like I always just have it on, and it's good to go. Like I have one that's a double A. I have one that's the the DL one third N. So it's just like. Or no, I'm sorry, it's a triple A, not a double A. But I love I love those um, those aim points just because no matter what, I know they're always on. I never have to worry about it. How, I think uh, you probably knew this question coming, but how do they do under night vision though? Have you, have you played around with it? So when I was in the army, we had what was called the M68. And I'm okay. gonna tell you right now, it, it's, a, it's a pro. It's pretty much a pro with a different mount. Um, okay. well, it's the same mount, but the mount is how it connects to the optic is a little different. Um, the thing was, is when I was in the army, like I, I taught people how to use night vision and how to shoot with night vision, but only with a laser. Like I never, like I was like a level one night vision guy. Cause I was, when I, when I went from my, uh, active duty days to my national guard days, um, I was tasked with, I went from a combat arms unit. Um, and then I went into like a HHC, like a headquarters company. And when we would go out for field training exercises and stuff, like at night, if they, they needed to learn how to drive under night vision, I was always the guy to teach them. 
um, because I was I was the only scout in a in an entire headquarters company, and it was a bunch of officers and a lot of like support staff. So all like forty two alphas, which are like paper pusher people, yeah. things like that, like fuelers and things like that. So if they needed to learn how to drive at night under night vision, I was the guy to teach them. If they needed to learn how to clear a building with night vision, I was the guy to teach them. I was not like an expert. And in fact, I, I begged and pleaded to command to at least send like a ranger out to, to get me more up to speed on, on that stuff. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, that fell on deaf ears many times. Um, there are guys how, out how, there. How is it driving with night vision? I'm one, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm picturing driving around on like a John Deere Gator blowing around in the field. I mean, that's, to be honest, it's fun. Uh, it's fun, but it's, it's also kind of like, you've got to pay attention to everything. Like you've got to understand, like I'd always have Humvees bumping into each other in the middle of the night. Oh, um, really? I mean, because people, they, they lose their sense of depth perception when you take one of their eyes away because, yeah. you know, they're only operating on one eye. You're, you're losing your depth perception because your depth perception, like if you ever cover your eye and you, and you literally go throughout a whole day with one eye gone, you've, you've lost your depth perception. Your body will <laughs> eventually compensate for it, but um, you've lost that. So it was, it was fun, but I, yeah, no, I mean, I'd get people, they'd come to a stop suddenly and the person behind them just wasn't paying attention enough. And I, you know, they'd bump into each other. It was, it, it was interesting. Um, you know, granted I was not a high speed dude. My, I, my MOS in the army was 19 Delta. Um, I enjoyed my time there. I was cavalry. Uh, I spent some time at the third ACR. I spent some time out with uh, 515 in the training regiment and at, at, at uh, Fort Knox before it got moved to Fort Benning. In fact, I helped the move from Fort Knox to Fort Benning. And then, uh, I went from there and then I, uh, came out here to, uh, Fort Hood. And then from Fort Hood, I went to the California army national guard. So that was, um, that was my kind of story there. So it's not like I did any, anything crazy. Um, but it was, it was, it was fun, especially going from like a, like a high speed unit where it's like, we're always training like four days yeah. a week. We're, we're in the shoot house. We're maintaining vehicles. We're, we're doing things. And then all of a sudden you go to, um, you go to one week in a month and then that one week in a month, it's like, <laughs> it's like one month you're doing your PT stuff. The next month you're doing your yearly physical. The next month you're in the field for three days. And then the following month you're in the field for two days. And then the following month you're back to circle jerking each other around at the, at the, in the motor pool, looking at vehicles and PMCSing stuff because you got to do busy work, you know? And it was, it was very weird and surreal. And then the guys in the national guard were not as disciplined. Um, like you'd show up and, you know, they wouldn't stand at parade rest, you know, talking to NCOs and stuff like that. And you're like, that's not how that works. And I remember I went up and I went up to a, uh, a specialist and they were standing there talking to a staff sergeant. And I was like, why aren't you at parade rest? And he was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, he's like, I don't need to be at parade rest. And the staff sergeant was like, you probably should be at parade rest until I tell you. And he was like, he was like, okay. So he stood at parade rest. And then the staff sergeant was like, uh, and I'm like, it's like every time I would go talk to like an officer or somebody like that and we weren't in the field, um, it was different going from, from that to that. Now that's not all national guard units. Uh, the, I think, I think Charlie company and Escondido, they were pretty high speed dudes. Like those dudes were always yeah. training and doing stuff like that. Um, but they were a whole unit of 11 Bravo and 19 Delta dudes. So they always were trying to outcompete each other. Um, <laughs> so it was, it was fun there, but I mean, <laughs> that's enough of my life story. Um, but night vision, night vision is a, is a whole different experience. I probably say I probably spent 
looking under or not, I probably spent like six months worth of time, like solid under night vision. You'd say use more laser though, over using. I've never co-witnessed before other than in the civilian world, using other people's night vision and doing that. Like that's the only time I've ever co-witnessed. I've never done it. Like when I was in the military, like um, we had, we had what were called um, piggyback units that you could put on your rifle. And then you would use, you would, you would move your night vision to your non-dominant eye. And then you would look through the back to look through your, to look through your aim point or your trigicon or whatever. Um, but never really, I don't think I ever really saw that other than in a couple of environments where we had spare night vision um, or they came to us with those mounts. Um, and then I would use it just when we were doing like war games and stuff. Like I remember going to the box up at Fort Irwin and using it then and doing stuff like that. But um never (laughs) never never um never did it consistently enough to like be as high speed as some of those rangers out there like i'm not john lovell i'm not any of those guys i mean even like your local swat like ellie douchebag who's running around with his um uh night vision you know thinking that he's cool as shit uh i'm not i'm not that guy like i'm not as high speed as that guy i want to be i can't wait till i get my night vision but it's a it's a journey to get there and i've got a lot of stuff i'm gonna get before i um not a lot a few things i'm gonna get before i do that but um building out my glock um my brownells glock so thank you to brownells i have a slide on the way with an rmr so if you go to brownells you can pick one up too um it's a 17 window um slide with the rmr that you can buy i think it's like 6.99 on sale right now so you can get a slide and a and an rmr i think for like 150 bucks off of what you pay if you bought them both um because I think the slide's like 270 or something like that. And then the, the RMR is like 500 or 479. Roughly, or I, I feel like the slide might be like 240. Uh, I, they're great slides. I have, I mean, I've got the 34, I've got the 17, I have the 19. So the 30, 26, the 34 slide and the 17 slide, that just makes, if you put a, if you put a 34 slide on a 17 frame, that just makes a 17 long slide, correct? Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's going to stick. I, I don't know the exact dimensions, but I, it sticks a good inch roughly out ex- past the frame or back past the lower receiver. Hmm, okay. Um, I might so pick I, one of those up. Yeah. That, I, the 34 is, I don't know. I, I originally, you know, when I got into uh, the first handgun I got was a 19 and I love the size of it. I was like, this is great. Um, at one point I built a 17 and I was like, this just feels goofy and big. And then down the road, I was like, this thing's pretty awesome. And then I end up building a 34 and now I'm like, yeah, these bigger guns are pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. I want to, I want a 17, but I think I'm going to get the Brownell slide and I'm going to port the barrel. Cause I'm getting a marks. I'm getting not a marksman barrel. I'm getting a match barrel, the Brownells okay. match barrel. Okay. So I think I'm going to have that sent off to get ported and then I'm going to have more stuff taken off the slide. So there's a guy I know um, that does some CNC stuff and he's done some pretty sweet slide work. Um, okay. So I think I'm going to have him remove a shit ton of material from the slide. So that way it's lighter. Plus the lighter the slide is, the less reco- the less felt recoil you're getting. So I've talked to a buddy of mine. His name is uh, Right to Bear on Instagram. And we went through a ton of stuff about uh, like recoil management and stuff. Like, And I was telling him like, I'm kind of slow. Like shooting from concealment is is not new to me, but I'm still worried about fucking it up and, you know, sending around through my thigh or something. So, and he was like, you have to get to the point where you're comfortable being on the edge. 
And I'm like, I've got no problem being there. I don't want to go to the hospital because I was in a, because I was training. And he's, he's, he puts in so many repetition Now, granted, I come home every day from work and I dry fire for about 15 to 20 minutes. I like, I unload my gun. I put it, I put all my ammunition in my office. I go stand in my living room. I turn on the TV, I play a show and I literally just sit there and pull out my gun and I, and I shoot at the screen, you know, I shoot at whoever's walking on the screen. Um, and then I turn sideways and I practice my draw and then I practice moving. And then my dog jumps in the way and he wants to do all that. So it's like, I've got, I'm getting a lot of things that are happening and the training is good because my shots on target are very repeatable when I go to the range. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to making my 17, my 17, like a race gun that I really want to run. So I think that's something that I'm, I'm very looking forward to. And I really want to do so. That's, have you used any of like the mantis system like the uh dry fire systems yeah i just don't I, I to me it may be worth it but i don't feel like it i don't feel like i need to spend the money on that right now i feel like i'm at a good enough level to where i'm consistently training and doing what i'm supposed to do like doing my mag changes and stuff like that i feel like i'm at that spot where i'm good um the the issue is I don't want anyone to think that um, if you get that system and that works for you, do that yeah. system. Um, the thing is, I try to track my dot like, as I'm moving and doing things like that. So I'm hoping that that's pretty good. Um, I have a Hollis on, on my MNP 2.0 that I bought at Brownells a couple of years ago. So I, um, I've had that forever. I actually had to send it back to Hollis on because I crushed it. Um, uh, I was at a machine and the ATM uh, had gotten broken into. And mm-hmm. so the safe door uh, wasn't latched all the way. We were moving it and I got pinned behind the, by the truck and the safe door came out and it hit my gun. Oh, shit. And I thought, I mean, it, 400 pound safe door just smacked me right in the stomach. And I looked and my, and my whole optic was gone. Like, I, like all the glass just came out of it. And, I, and that's not Holosun's fault. Like, I don't care what optic. I mean, even if it was an aim point, that, that, that would have been like anything. So don't ever fault the Holosun for that. I'm surprised yeah. it still almost held the shape that it did. Um, so I was, I was very surprised at that. But I, I love that optic. It works really well. The only th- only issue I have with it is the lint problem. And I guess I should spend the $9 on a on a lens cleaner thing to, to reach in there. But I just, I don't know. Every time I go to see it, it's, every time I went to add it to my car on something, it's always been out of stock. So I'm like, you know, maybe it's just not meant to be. Did you just use a compressed, com- excuse me, compressed air thing like you use for keyboards? If I had one. I don't, I don't have any of that. <laughs> I mean, that's probably another good option too. Yeah, true. You could, you could definitely do compressed air. Um, what I ended up doing is I take these alcohol wipes that I have and I like, I like bundle them up and I shove it in there and I spin it around in circles and it uh, gets all the lint off the inside. And then on the way out, like it's literally, you could just, you could see the lint from my shirt and my blue jeans and stuff. And it's pretty funny, um, but it gets the optic pretty clean. It's just a pain in the ass. Cause I got to do that like twice a week. I don't like it. <laughs> You excited to try the uh, the RM- the RMR though, or yeah, I've actually shot one one time, but I didn't. I, it was when I first started shooting, and I didn't like it. I hear, I think I'm going to have issues picking up the dot, um, just because it's such a smaller window than the um, than the uh, 407 that I have. 
-hmm. because the 407 is like an arching window and then this and the, and the rmr is like a reverse arch so it's like yeah. the rmr kind of dips in where the 407 kind of comes up so you have that little extra space in there for the dot to see the dot and i notice that sometimes when i'm pulling up and i need to see the dot i have to come down so i'm like i know that i know that it, that's going to be a lot farther out of travel for me Especially yeah, going from my uh, 2.0 to my 17. I think that'll be a different, that'll be a learning curve that I've got to stick to. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's uh, another training thing too. Because mm -hmm. like for me, I mean, I got my first RMR last year. And that was initially when I would, um, I mean, when I would go to look through it, I'd always have the dot like out of view. And then I'd have to like, tilt the gun to figure out yeah. where it was <laughs> yeah i'm like okay now i know where i need where level is <laughs> well now i'm pulling it up i'm pulling it up and i'm already just making that pulling it down a habit because i know that i'm pulling it too high so i'm trying to get to where it's like that pulling down is a habit on the way out because yeah, now, natural so now like when i when i bring it up to my chest i drop my shirt and then i'm and then i i punch out and when i'm punching out i'm angling it down just a little bit more so now i'm finding that i'm angling it down with my M&P, that it's, it's coming into the window a lot quicker. So I know with the Glock, because it has such a higher um, grip angle, I know I'm gonna yeah. have to point it down even farther. So I, I, I know that that will be a learning curve when I get there, but it will be, it will be interesting, especially because I'm, I'm uh, uh, I love to the challenge of it. So like, I'm wondering if maybe I should put the RMR on my daily carry gun. So that way I'm used to it because that's the gun I'm going to carry every day. And then I put the hollow sun on my Glock. So that way I have that more window for the, for the bigger window. Um, but I also want to try, um, I really want to try the aimpoint mailbox or the four the, I'm sorry, the 509T that hollow sun has. I think the 509T would probably be a pretty good optic too. Uh, the other one I've been eyeing or been recommended is the RSO to throw on that 34 because of the, the length of it. The SRO? Yes, SRO. You said RSO, what and I was, I, like, I was like, what is an RSO? Uh, <laughs> a range safety officer? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've been, uh, that's been recommended a few times to throw on that 34, um, but I haven't, haven't jumped on that just yet. And the window on that's a lot bigger too, because that's actually round. Yeah, Mike, um, Mike from Heat Holders, who's a pod, a podcast host. I swear to God, he's not dead, or he, we haven't kicked him <laughs> off the show. He's just been super busy with work. He has an SRO, and then um, my my uh, my buddy Alex at Right to Bear, he also has an SRO. And he says that he loves the SRO so much that it's hard for him to go back to the RMR because it's such a smaller dot. Did you? Did I lose you? No, I'm still here. Okay, sorry. It, it made a weird sound, so I didn't know if I screwed up something. Um, but he's saying that going from the SRO to the RMR, he's got he's to gotta do a lot more dry fire to get back to the RMR presentation than he does with the SRO. He's like, with the SRO, it's like having a TV screen that's 50 inches versus having a 24-inch TV screen. That's like, pretty much what I've heard. Yeah, he's like, it's, it's definitely worth it. He's like, but the SRO is not as durable as the RMR. He's like, I've done a lot to my RMR. And he's like, I'm afraid to do a lot to my SRO. So, huh. you know, thinking about it, I, I don't even know material wise. It does look like they might have changed it up a little bit between the two. Well, probably to get that. The problem is the window is so big and you can only make it so strong 
for yeah. how how big that is and then the the stuff along the side the 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 window shielding around the side is not very robust so guys are like cops were buying the sros and then like you know they go roll with a bad guy on the ground um or, or you know just an innocent human and uh <laughs> and uh um they are ending up breaking their SROs in their holsters because they're not as durable as the RMRs. So I think, I think there's a ton of agencies, even Aaron Cowan um, had stated like the, like I like the SRO, but I wouldn't use it for duty use because he did a drop test. And I believe, I believe in his white pages too, that are white papers. I think I can't remember what they call him, what he called it, but um, he even stated like the SRO he didn't think was a duty use optic. And most, most, to be honest, um, if one cop says it, they're all going to say it. So, um, you know, I think that, uh, that taking Aaron Cowan's uh, training experience and, and all of that as a, as an LE, I think that, um, he has a lot of knowledge and he's very analytical about it. He's, I mean, I don't know if you've seen his video formats, but they're all the same format. I mean, he's very good at doing repetition. So yeah, um, I love watching his, his reviews on stuff and like him running through his thought processes behind. I'll put it, analyzing it. I'll put it this way. I see a lot of cops on YouTube, like tactical considerations who may be the world's nicest guy. Um, but when they start going, well, you know, with my experience as a police officer, that's kind of when I shut the video off. Cause I don't give a shit about your experience as a cop. And that's really not because I, 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 I'm upset with police in the current current state, but what it is, is it's like, that's not applicable to me. Like, I don't give anything about like, that may be applicable to other LE out there. And that may be what his thing is. But to me, it's like when I hear, well, you know, in my experience as an LE, no, I want EDC experience because that's what I'm doing at work. I'm carrying a gun every day to save my life. It's different than yours. Mine's concealed. Mine, nobody will ever see mine. You're carrying yours in a holster because you have a badge and you get to intimidate people. I am not doing that. So <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's, that's my thing. Now, granted, if you're an LE and you're listening to this I understand you may already be red, fuming red and blowing blood vessels in your eyeballs. Um, but know that I do not hate police officers. I think that there are good cops out there. And if you're a good cop and you're letting bad cops be bad cops, then you are a part of the bad cop problem. Uh, that's how I'm going to leave that. You can DM me, Hoodlum's Gun Bench on Instagram. Party hard. <laughs> um, I pulled up, I'm looking at the uh, SRO. But yeah, I mean, the shape of this just doesn't look as durable either. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. being, being round, it just, I, I don't know. Uh, to me, it I mean, looks it, like a pit bull with a giraffe neck. That might even be part of the design of like the RMR where it does go down like that because the impacts are going to be on the side, which is probably not going to impact the glass in the middle. Yeah, the, the, well, the RMR stands for ruggedized miniature red dot. So, or micro red dot or miniature red, I don't know, whichever one, who gives a shit um the the thing is is it's it's meant to be that durable the sro was meant for competition uh trigicon yeah. has even stated that so it's you know i think competition you still need a very durable optic but um i don't I think you don't, need it to be as durable as a cop's optic I, I just i don't understand why if they state it's designed for competition why everybody's out there reviewing it for non-competition 
because it's the internet. I'm just, you know, I'm an auditor by profession. I'm just trying to understand. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck understanding the internet. <laughs> there was that guy that commented on your video that I commented on. He was like, yeah. that barrel, does that does that threaded barrel make it quieter? And I was like, I can't I, believe somebody asked this question. <laughs> that, I, that, was a, that was a shocker. I could not believe that somebody asked um, if a threaded barrel made a gun quieter. He must be a lefty, <laughs> and not not left-handed shooting. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, I don't know. That was that was one of those out there questions for me. Yeah, but... <laughs> and again, like like I have no problem if you want to ask me a question. But if I mean, if you can't put in the basic research, like the apps, if you're coming to my video and you give me like the smallest amount, of, like there's somebody went Gen One v Gen Three, and I was like huh and he's like i asked is it gen one or gen three and i was like you could you like gen one v gen three there's not even a question mark there like (laughs) like, really um so that was that was my thing um i i don't i don't get it like i i don't know um i think that there are there are people on the internet out there who see the new thing and they don't know anything of the old thing so they're like oh what is this like when it came to ar9s who was the first person i called about needing help with an ar9 i went to you and i went to russell fagan the guy who sent me the ar9 lower and i'm like what do i do here (laughs) (laughs) like i've never built one of these before and i'm not going to youtube because you go to youtube and it's all like you get you can go to 12 different videos and get 12 different answers that's and, factual and it's I like, mean, I, everybody's running different stuff like i look at uh i mean i went on brownells and i looked at they sell like a ar9 buffer setup and I, I i think we talked about this in another podcast but like i initially when i started uh when i built my first ar9 um ran a carbine spring and i didn't run the spacer and i was running um the unbranded AR, AR9 um, buffer. And because I didn't have the spacer, the, the, my BCG was coming back and hitting my lower. And that was so, pretty scary considering I had just SBR'd the thing. <laughs> yeah. So what I had done is I bought, I bought the 308 spring and I have the, the chubby buffer that you told me you got the Expo Arms yep. eight, eight ounce one. So I bought the Expo Arms 8-ounce buffer that's longer, and I tested it with my bolt care group. So my bolt care group comes far enough back to eject the brass, and it comes back to lock the bolt on the, on the last round. But um, it doesn't go, it doesn't like force my bolt care group all the way to the back. So I'm hoping that I have hot enough ammo to run it with an 8.4-ounce buffer, um, which I, I was about to say, because I think I'm running a 5.4, so I definitely didn't recommend the 8, but... A lot of people are running a lot heavier than I do, so yeah. Um, that, well, this is also that a three hundred eight. Six... That three hundred eight spring is between that and then um, the spacer on the back. Uh, I mean, you should be safe. Yeah, it yeah. won't. It won't I don't, hit. I didn't all. get this. I didn't get the spacer. There's no spacer. I just got the extra fat, the extra long buffer for it. Oh, okay. So there's no, there's no spacer back there. or maybe there's one built into it. I don't know. I, I was curious about that with that lower. I'd, I'd be very interested to hear what they say. Cause ultimately I would think it should be built into that with it being polymer. 
I, they might uh, I have. Think, I have no idea. Um, I mean, it, even if you're out at the range and you have any issues, you can literally, uh, some people just stick quarters back there behind the buffer. I'm not worried about it because when I was testing it with the, with the thing, like it'll mm-hmm. go back. Um, Russell Fagan said that he was running his KP 15 with a 16 inch barrel um, or his KP nine. I'm sorry, not KP 15, his K, his KP nine with a 16 inch barrel. Uh, and it had a ported barrel. He was running that and he was running S and B and I think he was running Magtech, uh, and he was running that with an 8.4 ounce buffer and I have an eight ounce buffer. So I'm thinking that mine, should should work if it doesn't work i have a 5.4 ounce buffer and then i'll order like a six ounce buffer or something like that like the, one of the longer ones um but uh, building an ar9 and building an ar15 are two drastically different things um i think that uh glock mags are yes plentiful but i wish they would have gone with a colt style mag i feel like that would have been a better system i think there's there's definitely different schools of thoughts behind that I mean, there is. The, the, the Glock mag aspect is just nice because you can you can have the same mags as your sidearm. Yeah. And, and I and I can see that, like, because I have I have a 27. I have a bunch of 17 round mags. I'm going to try these Magpul mags out. They ran great in my Glock before. Um, so I have I've had uh, I've had good luck with these, but I hear people say they're trash. I've um, had hit or miss experience with them. I bought the 15, a 15 rounder. When they first came out but i know when they first came out they also had some issues uh where i think they wound up sending out parts to people that were in the impacted batches um but i had some feed issues with mine that was not in the impacted batches but this um, follower looks identical to a block follower so i'm assuming yours my, probably didn't look like that uh my 17 ones that i i picked up a three pack of uh 17 round ones and they run fine yeah these are 17 ones i don't think i'm gonna because i think a lot of guys hate the um the um what are you called uh what the 15 rounders because they they were junk i think the 17 rounders do a lot better the 27 rounder that i've had i've shot a bunch through and there's no issue there so I think your dog does not like you being on the podcast. <laughs> so I, I think we've got uh she's got somebody outside barking and she's responding. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, no, I like the I like the 17 rounders very much. I think they're probably some of um the better uh uh magpole. They're P Mag 17, so I think um I think if you're going to run the P mags of the Glock mags, these would probably be good, but I'm going to test them out and I'll report back my findings when I finally get Do you have any um, 21s? No, I don't have a 21, uh, tw- like Glock 21s? No, the uh, P mag, uh, oh, Glock mag. The 21 rounders? Yeah, I snagged one of those. I haven't had a chance to run it yet, but I snagged it because um, it's supposed to sit fairly flush with the grip. So like the 27 still sticks out a little bit, but if you were going to at any point go like prone or something, the 21 should be pretty level with the grip. I'll try to find, I'll try to find one. I, I'm pretty sure I could go pick them up at like Bass Pro or some gun shop around here. Cause yeah. in Texas, we don't have stupid magazine laws yet. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling with all the <laughs> Democrats, I have a feeling with all the <laughs> Democrats moving here, we probably will. Um, but no, I, I've got, 
I got 500 rounds of Frontier for 556, five, though. Um, 55 grain. <laughs> I swung in uh, our local Bass Pro the other day and snagged up um, the Herders brand, their in house brand. Yep. My understanding, yeah, my understanding is that stuff's actually made by Winchester. Probably. They look almost identical. It's a 223, mine's a 22355 grain. And then I have the, I have their, I have this bulk pack. I have a couple of these guys, the one nine, the one ninety three, the two and around bulk pack. Yeah. I found these for like one fifteen, um, so they weren't they weren't terrible. They were on sale like that one day, and then I went back a couple of days later, and they were they were one thirty nine. I snagged. It was a two hundred pack for one hundred and twenty. Okay. Correct. Yeah, these were um, one one fifteen ninety nine on sale, and then then they went back to one thirty nine ninety nine. I I find it crazy that like the herders is made by winchester but the winchester brand tends to cost like i don't know 10 cents more mm -hmm. you gotta think you're buying name brand i am not a huge fan of winchester ammo for plinking at the range sure like it's not bad but like i i i want to try their 69 grain match stuff but i i'm not like i'm not I'm not sold on it. I've had too many problems. I've seen I've seen rounds come unseated off their 55 grain stuff. Um, oh, I literally dropped dropped the bolt on one and um, like had a had a big ass flame out like in in my in my injection area and I opened it up and the round is still sitting there like just just in the chamber like halfway down the there? barrel. I think you cut out. Oh, I, yeah, I can hear you. You probably did cut out. Um, but I had, uh, I had the Winchester that had ended up screwing up on me. Um, and I was like, eh, I didn't like it. I have the 193, which is loaded a little bit better. Um, they crimp the end. So you don't have that problem, but you cut out for a second there after the, uh, the flame in the, the chamber. Yeah. So I had a flame out in the chamber. Uh, and I was like, I had pulled the trigger, the round went down the barrel, but like, I guess it didn't seat fully and it just it just shot flame out like right at my face um oh, wow. and at the time i was shaving so it wasn't like you know it wasn't like i had i was missing any facial hair um but no it did it did kind of boof on me and um that was kind of the last time i bought their 55 grain just their normal like plinking stuff um and that was I, winchester yeah it was winchester the white box um so now i have the winchester white box in 193 which the only reason why i have it is because it has it's crimped at the end um if it's not crimped winchester ammo i'm probably not going to be buying it federal so which one did you have the issue with was it the the 223 because the 193 is the 556 yeah so the 223 the 55 grain 223 oh, okay. was the one that i had a problem with but the 193 is a 556 one and it's crimped, so it's crimped. Yeah. yeah but the 223 is not crimped so it consistently has Ooh. issues um, and a lot of people have reported that they've had cases coming uh separation from um from the from the round so and that and that also happens with their nine millimeter ammo um if you're if you're buying like their their range their range nine mil ammo people have, ha have reported that same issue where they I've pull never the, had it with that where they pull the ammo out of the box and the the round is stuck in the bottom and the, the powder goes everywhere i've seen i've seen I, it on forums i've never seen it in real life i had it with um sig 223 varmint rounds 40 grain oh okay i had that happen with those the polymer tipped ones like mm -hmm. i went to bring the bolt forward 
and <clears throat> I was having some issues with the buffer spring uh, at the time. But either way, it was, uh, it was, I, I don't, I don't know. It's the only buffer spring I've ever had a issue with. And I narrowed it down to the buffer spring because I swapped that out. Well, I swapped my upper over to another lower and it ran smooth. And then as soon as I changed the, it was an aero precision buffer spring mm-hmm. and it's higher tension. I looked, I measured the length and everything, you know, to like Chad's uh, what's in spec. And mm-hmm. it was in spec, but this thing, the tension on it was higher than uh, any other buffer spring I've had. Um, so it was bringing the bolt forward like super aggressively and riding over the rounds in cases. So it would like mm-hmm. semi-extract and then go right on top of it and dent the hell out of it. So when it did that, it jammed the round into like the feed ramp and they, and then it came apart. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I I have never had that issue with my AR. I run a Springco Blue Spring and an H1 buffer on my on my 12.5, and then I run a Blue Spring with an H2 buffer on my 13.9, um, and I run that with the Sons of Liberty Bolt Care Group. And I've never had an issue with that. And I love that Bolt Care Group. That Bolt Care Group is phenomenal, and I hope that more people buy them because for 179 bucks. Um, I don't think there's a bolt care group out there that beats it. I really don't, yeah. you know, I, I love my sons of Liberty stuff. You know that. Yeah. And I mean, you, I consider myself lovers. a fanboy. So I just saw on, um, I know we're Brownells people here, but I just saw on big daddy unlimited. No, I'm sorry. Not on big daddy unlimited, big techs outdoors. I hate big daddy unlimited. Um, big techs outdoors. They have the scalper lowers their blends. They're one Oh nine 99 right now. I saw that. And, uh, tomorrow, um, so that will be 416 mm-hmm. for all of those scalper fans out there. Derek Fightmaster will be uh, releasing more scalper bolt carrier groups. Uh, really? The most I've ever, like, I had heard they only release 100 a year. I have no clue what he's at. I've seen him drop three drops so far of them. The scalper is made with the updated pins, right? Something like that. It depends. The one that I bought is essentially the exact same as your standard um, Rebel flag or the uh, what am I? What am, Liberty am I stripes or some shit. Well, it's the Sons of Liberty flag. Yeah. So, but yeah, know. I'm blanking. There's a I'm blanking on the term right now. It'll come to me. Um, but yeah, it, it's essentially that exact same bolt carrier, just the scalper logo engraved in place of the flag and they they're and they only do limited runs of them so when they pop up people go nuts oh really Uh, yeah i i was surprised when i got mine because it was at christmas and uh i we were out of town and like as we were driving down there i had my wife set up like the notifications so it would let me know when it uh when they were posted and I left my phone in the other room charging and I'm like, I'm like, let me go check on my phone. I look at my phone and I'm like, oh shit, they posted them. <laughs> and it was like, it was like 12 minutes after. And I like flew through, checked out. And then I think right after I was done checking out, like there was probably so, me and yeah, they, they were out after that. Like I oh, sent wow. it to a couple of buddies. I was like, Hey guys, these are up. And um, other people were like, I didn't get one. So I literally, as I flew through, checking out 
Uh, I managed to snag one. Um, they were like later... 30 or 40 bucks more than the normal one, right? Um, they're on point with what Brownell's pricing is right now. Cause I think I paid about the same as what Brownell's is charging. Okay. Um, but with the, I mean, the increasing cost of goods across the board, it was more, um, it was more at the time than I had paid for previous, uh, Sons of Liberty bull carrier groups. So real quick, um, I was supposed to do this like two episodes ago, but we have some listener feedback. Um, and it's by Willie Thunder 26. So Dick Thunder, here you go. Um, good banter back and forth. Uh, like to talk about different bills and products. I'm a couple of years into the AR platform and this podcast along with a few others just extends my knowledge and gives me different build ideas. Keep up the good work. Black rifles matter. Uh, all right, sure. You know, we, we, we appreciate the feedback. We so thank you. Thank you, Dick Thunder. Um, <laughs> uh, we, 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 we very much appreciate you. Um, look forward to your name in the title of this podcast episode, but you won't know where you're at because I don't even know what our timestamp is right now. So, um, but no, it, uh, it was definitely something um, I like. I like the Sons of Liberty uh, Gunworks Bulk Care Group. I probably will buy another one um, soon-ish. I don't know, maybe. Um, I, wanted, I wanted to buy one of the KE Arms um, uh, chrome match the match series uh, chrome bolt carrier groups I really wanted to buy one of those because they took over a company that made them and they're they look really nice but just 250 bucks is not something I can part with right now now granted I have a sweet industry discount with them um, I'm not going to burn that on one bolt carrier group so have you messed with any of the uh, let, me, let me make sure I get this right NP3 yes bolts? so not mp3 i have a nibex so it's um it's a wmd guns um makes nibex that's their that's their thing so it's nickel boron something it's like treated different um but mp3 and nibex are almost identical i think a hardness on one is a little bit more than the other you can Hmm. google the shit out of that if you want to but um I like the uh, the Nibex. It's good. Um, I do burn out rings in that in that bulk care group, though. I mean, I swear, if I run four hundred or three hundred rounds through that bulk care group in a range session, I have to put new rings in it. That's just how it goes. Like, and I never, and I've sent it back to them like four times, and every time they're like, "Nope, it specs right, it's gauged right, it's perfect," and I'm like, "Okay," like, and I send it back, and four hundred rounds later, I'm putting new rings in it. So it's just, it's like, I like it. I like the color because it's blue, but I never run it anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think about that one the other week too. Yeah, we did. Um, but no, I, I, I love the bulkier group. I just don't know if I can, um, how would I, how would I say this without upsetting them? Uh, I don't know if I trust it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, that's kind of one of the reasons why it hasn't gotten a review was I really like the bulk care group. I just, I, I couldn't give it like a, Hey, this has my stamp of approval. Like if I'm putting something in my gun and I'm testing it, I'm testing it to failure. If it fails in 300 rounds, that's a problem to me. It's basically uh, not shit hit the fan approved. Yeah. And, and, you know, my, my whole channel and everything is about that. And by the way, I got a video taken down the other day. 
so mad at that. I got my first warning. Yeah, what you said that uh, that was something about like they said you were building on. Yeah, and they 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 were saying I was assembling firearms on YouTube, which I don't think I was. But let me find the video that I that I got, got taken down. Uh, Seventeen what designs do, and manufacturing. What do they define as assembling a firearm? I don't know. I must have put the upper and lower <laughs> together, <laughs> like, and they were like, Meh. <laughs> yeah, because I I did that one video where I was demonstrating uh, Brownell's tool for installing the pivot pin. And I demoed that on there, but haven't heard. Well, I now so that video had like it had went from nine thousand views to like twenty nine thousand views in a month, and I was like, oh, some shit, because I had I hadn't gotten anything, and I'm like, I'm like, oh crap, this is gonna go bad. Like, (laughs) you know, know my immediate thoughts. Well, because then I am. I need to contact Elon Musk. Tell them to buy YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) I immediately started getting comments on there like, you can't say that it's not this because it doesn't accept the parts that you like. And I'm like, that's exactly what I can do. But okay, like, um, this is YouTube. This is my channel. Like, I'm a left-handed shooter. So this is my channel. This is what I need. It doesn't work for me. People are like, well, it works for everyone else. Okay, that's wonderful. I don't care if it works for you. Like that was the one thing trying to explain to the guy, Dean, that owns 17 Designs. He's like, well, you know, you kind of crapped on my product. I'm like, I didn't crap on it. I just said it's not left-hand friendly. He's like, well, then why don't you go buy this? I'm like, "Mm, no, I wanted to try this. It didn't work. Which which was it? Was it just their lower? Yeah, it was an integrated folding lower receiver. And, okay, one of those. Okay. And I like the lower. It's great. It's a great lower. And, but apparently I didn't say that enough in the video. Like apparently I didn't, apparently me saying that I wouldn't recommend it was something that, that like the internet took like straight, like it was a dick went right in their butt sideways and they could not handle it. Like they, I, I, dude, I, I've gotten death threats over that video. People oh are so mad. And they were like, how could you say this about this lower? It's a great, it's the greatest gun ever. And I'm like, sure, man, if that's your thing. I just, I don't I don't get that why people can't just respect other people's opinions, you know. But that's what I'm saying. I'm like, and then I'd ask people, like, people would come to me and I'd be like, I don't see any videos on your channel. Like, like, don't come at me. If you're not, if you're not putting content out there, I I don't respect your opinion. I want I want I want it to be understood. Like you can thank me. That's cool. I will I will thank you for showing up to my channel. But if you're not putting content out there and you're not doing something to make YouTube a more gun-friendly place, I don't respect your opinion. Like if you come to me with hate, I don't respect your opinion. I'm sorry. I look at you and then I've had people I I shoot back snarky stuff sometimes. And people are like, oh, this guy acts like a child. I'm sorry. Are you the only one allowed to act like a child on YouTube? Like, <laughs> so slight, slight sidetrack here. What do you think Elon Musk is going to do with Twitter? Well, apparently they're trying to block him from from. Uh, they they supposedly did, but uh, you know, I he said he actually said there's a plan B. So he's going to buy more of Twitter. That would be awesome. I mean, originally he said he was going to build his own platform. And then the next I don't think week, that's feasible. Financially feasible, I just don't think that's feasible. Like Twitter, Twitter gained its following. He, and he has he has like eighty billion more than Bezos. <laughs> Financially feasible for him, he's just the the interest he gets in like makes up for whatever he puts in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, 
he's loaded, but you got to remember most of that's in stock. So yes. if his stock takes a hit, that's not a good thing for him because then his, well, his stock did take a hit when they didn't sell Twitter to him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on with it. I didn't read the whole story, but I'm very interested to see like, I feel like, and I'm going to say this because I'm, I'm a hardcore libertarian. Um, I'm going to say this, the left and the right complain about the exact same thing. They have, they complain about everything. And I know that people are going to be like, you can't say that we complain. Where are the ones here fighting for freedom? Okay. So people on the left and people on the right have two drastically different views of what freedom is. Correct. Would you, would you say that? Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, socialism and communism is not freedom. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying, though. So that's, that, but that's what I'm saying. They fundamentally believe, the left fundamentally believes that it's fighting for freedom. The right fundamentally believes that it's fighting for freedom. I'm over here in the middle going, I don't fucking care what you do. I just can't wait I to just- shoot both of you. I just want to be left alone. <laughs> you know, that's, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, and we've talked about this long ago. I mean, I have family that's in Venezuela. Yeah. So, so for me, like I've heard from family that's immigrated over legally, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> um, the stories of what's going on there. Like when they had the power outages, I can't even remember what that was for. They were ago. eating a family dog because they haven't had food in two weeks. No, I mean, they were, they had to boil the water. And meanwhile, on the news, you're seeing people that like, didn't have access to being able to like, didn't have, I guess, gas appliances and stuff to be able to boil and weren't bothering to, you know, start a fire or anything to do so. So like, I watch what's going on and I find it kind of scary when I hear how everything developed down there, which is the left demoralizing the right and basically forcing people to vote one direction. And that is how it was done down there see but and that's exactly look- why i follow neither party because i see them both being driven into the ground by a crazy lunatics who were only there for power i and mean I, you can't I, I don't think looking at what's going on i don't really think anybody can not argue these days that they aren't there for power but that's what i'm saying like i i see i see both sides and i go I want nothing to do with either of you. First of all, I don't think the system necessarily works the way we want it to as a free nation if we only have red and blue. Like, I don't, I don't think so. I think that you, you, you can be like, don't get me wrong. I get along more with people who are Republican until they go, oh, I'm for, I'm for, um, I'm I'm I oppose gun control, but and I'm like no, see that's the that's where we don't get along, is in the minutia of it. Like I don't like gun control. I think there should be machine guns out of vending machines that you can go buy at the mall. I personally believe that. Do I think that that's going to ever be feasible? No, because I don't think that people understand that freedom doesn't mean you're safe. Freedom means freedom means you can do anything with drop-ins. Yeah. I don't, I don't give a shit what you buy. Like, I, like there, there, there are people who are upset about people buying drop-in auto sears for their Glocks in, in, in Baltimore. And I'm like, who gives a shit? Now, if they're out there on the street shooting their machine gun just randomly, that's a problem. 
And that should be taken care of. But if, if you're out there and you're buying a drop-in auto sear and your gun goes in the safe and then you go and you go to uh, you go to the range and you go shoot at the range, who's gonna fucking care? Nobody. Nobody's gonna care. <laughs> Nobody's gonna care, but the guy who's like, you have a machine gun. And, and he's like, let me see your tax stamp. Like if you show up to the range and you have the let me see your tax stamp, I'm, I am going to kick you in the balls. I'm gonna be like, that's my tax stamp. I hope you understand that. Like, cause I have, I have, I have a lower that has a tax stamp and I never bring it anywhere because every time I bring out an SBR, someone's like, what, what are you doing? And I'm like, people ask you, yes, you go to the range. If you have an SBR and there will be people come, you have a tax stamp for that. And I, I've oh, literally I, turned around and been like, F you. Um, I mean, it's also you know. not a lower that I, it's a lower that I SBR that is broken. So it, the, the, the pin is completely fucked on it like for the trigger like it's completely donezos like you have to have a cassette trigger in there and i don't like shooting it and i don't want to run it so i've just kind of understood that that's 200 dollars that took a shit um but when i did run it like there would be people who would come up and be like hmm what are you doing like (laughs) you you have an sbr i'll go go when i when i did my i mean i did that ar9 was my first sbr and i mean you know i do most of my shooting in the field so i like going into in field i mean like farm field yeah to clarify everyone for everyone here um <laughs> but uh like I, the first time i ever went to a indoor range like i wasn't sure what to expect like i was like oh shit they're gonna you know they're probably gonna check all my paperwork and stuff i went in there like showed the dude and i i didn't even have it engraved yet like i went in there and um the dude literally like he he unzips my bag to check what i have and he just drooled all over it that was it he was like oh my god this is sweet <laughs> didn't ask See, for my tax stamp or anything i love the pro freedom stuff but there's a range out here that if you have if you have an sbr they're like oh we need to see your paperwork before we let you on the range and i'm like no you don't i went with a buddy of mine he's got an sbr and 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 he was like we need to see your paperwork it's range policy and, I, and I'm reading the policies on the wall and I'm like, I see nothing about paperwork. And he's like, oh, well, we have it written down here on this. So I, I started reading the thing and I was like, there's nothing on this paper that says you have to see that. I'm like, point it out to me because I'm looking at it. He's like, should be under 19. I'm like, no, 19 talks about you don't, you don't allow um, FRT triggers in here, but it says nothing about SBRs. And um, it, because they're also one of those ranges that are like, you know, one shot per five seconds, which apparently those are here in Texas, which drives me up a wall. Um, yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yet, yet um, we have machine gun rental places that will let you walk into the bay with a machine gun, load it up, shoot it, not even care if you've ever shot a machine gun before, take it back out and you're going to go. Like there are some of those ranges too. It's like, okay. Um, but no, we went there and I'm like, no. And he's like, well, it's range policy and I'm the manager. So I want to see your tax stamp. And my buddy has a tax stamp. You can see it serialized on, you can see all of his stuff that he's got on there on the bottom. And, and I'm like, I'm like, let's just go. And we literally walked out. I gave the range a terrible review and the owner called me like a week later. And he's like, yeah, they're not supposed to ask you for that. Like, <laughs> and i'm like well they did so your your homeboy and he's like yeah it turns out he was an off-duty cop and he wanted to make sure that everyone was above the law another another bone i have to pick with police officers but yeah i, yeah, I don't know i i mean i always keep my uh also just so I you're mean, aware I, I keep my paperwork with me wherever i go because you're supposed to just but, so you're uh, aware yeah. um 
the law is here in Texas anyway. Um, the only people you have to show your actual tax stamp to are is an ATF agent or an IRS agent. That's it. I wonder, is that done by state or do they do that uh, federally? What? Uh, like it to show who you have to show it to. You don't have to show it to like a normal police officer or sheriff's deputy, but you have to show it to an ATF agent and you have to show it to... Um, but is that done at a state level or is that a federal thing? That's a federal thing. So the, because oh, okay. the SBR is a, if you're, if you're doing a federal tax stamp um, yeah. for your SBR, you're not doing a state tax stamp. Um, huh. So I think that that is what you need in order to. I didn't know that. I, I mean, I always keep all my stuff on me anyways. My, my paperwork, I keep in my range, in my range bag. So that's, I have it there. That's one of the things on the ATF website. Um, that's one of the things on the ATF website. I think that they've even stated like, um, who, like they say that you should show law enforcement, but I talked to a local attorney here and this is not legal advice. Let me put this out there right now. You should speak to your own attorney. Um, but where I live in Texas, who I've talked to, they stated that you, um, the only people you have to talk, show you, like, unless you're court ordered to show it in a, in a, in a court here, the only people you have to show a tax stamp to would be an ATF agent or an IRS agent. Now that's, that's wild. I've never heard that before. That is not across the board. There are some States that have made the law that is like, if, if a police officer asks you for your tax stamp, you have to show it. I don't know if that trumps federal law or not. Um, but every state has a right to enact their version of laws states rights yeah. it's kind of what it's all about the constitution was written for pro-freedom but you have to understand that states can make their own rights that's how california kind of gets away with a lot of shit they get away with um and and people want to sit there and say well the constitution allows me the right to the second amendment yeah the constitution also allows the states to make their own rights like they also allow the states to amend their own constitutions as they see fit so you have to understand federally shit may not be illegal but statewide it is illegal yeah so, I, I had never heard that before so i don't know i'm gonna have to look into where i am to see yeah where i live here this is not legal advice so don't come and be like well hoodlum said it was okay no go speak to an attorney i know what <laughs> hoodlum i got. said i don't need to show you <laughs> <laughs> as i floor it away <laughs> Oh man, that would be hilarious. Muslim said no. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh man, I would get in so much fucking trouble for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, the other one I heard somebody told me uh, was if you get pulled, and I wonder, is it like this in Texas? If you get pulled over in Texas, do you have to notify them if you're carrying or not? I should probably look into that. I haven't been pulled over yet. Uh, apparently um, there's like some states require you to notify there's the officer if you're carrying or not. There's an app that says that, but I think I'm going to go with until I find out otherwise, I would probably show my LTC with my driver's license. I'm not sure if that is the correct way to do that. Um, that but was the way I, in my class they advised to do it was like, if you get pulled over, you hand them driver's license and your license and carry permit. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's like it, they, they also, 
some perceive that as um, it can create a tense situation anyways and bring yeah, attention I mean, to it when you, know. you don't you don't really need to bring attention to it. So I don't know what the proper procedure is. That's why I was asking. I was just curious. LTC. Um, you got to talk about something while I do this. Hold on. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I got to, uh, I got to look into that here. But uh, <clears throat> in other news, I did get that grip in for the AR9, uh, the Magpul uh, K2 Plus. So I'm going to throw that um, AR9 pistol together here shortly. And then I, like we talked about earlier, I got to figure out the sight situation. I'm so, pretty sure I'm going to pull a hollow sun or a uh, vortex off something else and upgrade something, another build optic. If you're a law-abiding citizen, this is written by text, onlinetexasltc.com. If you're a law-abiding citizen, which you should never be a law-abiding citizen, but um, <laughs> you appreciate the value of honesty, fuck it, don't be honest. Uh, however, if you're carrying a concealed firearm and are pulled over for a casual traffic stop or minor violation, you might have second thoughts about telling the police officer you're carrying a firearm. You shouldn't have to. Cops, if you're scared of doing your job, Get another fucking job. Um, <clears throat> you may have reasons for being reluctant to disclose this information, such as not wanting to make a big deal out of it or wanting to avoid causing the officer more hassle than he or she should already have. I pay a lot of money to you, police officers. I know how much money comes out of my check every month. Um, I'm going to give you as much hassle as I can. Uh, do you have an obligation to inform law enforcement you're carrying a firearm? Um Yes, you do. Apparently in the state of Texas, you have to tell the cops. Now, this is according, this the last time this was updated was 2009, so I don't know if we have to do that anymore. Um, uh, well, you guys switched to constitutional carry, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what year? This year. Oh, uh, yeah, I bet that changed. No, last year. I apologize. 2021. Yeah, so that probably changed because that data is two years prior to that. No, this was 2009 was his website, not 2019. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. So then, yeah, that's way out there. I bet that's changed. Yeah. So uh, LTC is required to hand over. Okay. So in 2019, as of November 6, 2019, under the law, an LTC holder is required to hand over both their state-issued driver's license and their LTC at the same time when asked for identification. That's fun. So state of Texas obviously does not love freedom as much as people say they do. So they... <clears throat> a quick Google on my state uh, from usconcealedcarry.com. There is no duty to inform law enforcement officer that you are carrying a concealed firearm. I wonder, I wonder if that's how I should write that. Duty to inform. To inform. I put, are you, when I Googled, Texas. I put, are you required to notify police if you are carrying a firearm? And then uh, you list whatever state you're in. So then everybody, everybody listening can check. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. That was something somebody mentioned to me. Okay. So in the state of Texas, this is on the texas.gov, um, section 411.205, the Texas government code um, states that if a police officer, if you're pulled over and you are carrying a handgun and the officer asks you for ID, that you must show your license and your LTC. 
So if he asks for your ID, you're required to show both. Yes. Oh, okay. I mean, it makes makes sense in a way. Yeah. I don't know. To me, honestly, like look, mm -hmm. cops out there, I realize that you have a hard job. You've got to deal with the meth heads of the world. And I don't like dealing with them either, but that doesn't give you the reason to treat us all like meth heads. So, um, <laughs> uh, but no, I, uh, I'll tell you this. I'll salute you if you do a good job. If you do a bad job, then I won't salute you. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, uh, this is an interesting path to go down. <laughs> But I was curious. Uh, I was curious about that out there. It's, so uh, you have no duty to inform, and you're in a very restrictive state. Apparently, yeah. And I That's have duty wild. to inform, and I have a freedom state. So that tells me that Texas is not as pro freedom as we should be. Um, or they might just feel, in my state, that nobody has them anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I will say though, I will say though, the thing that pissed me off the most was the officer safety argument for not wanting to pass permitless carry in the state of Texas. I that, still love that one woman's comment about uh, uh, it's going to be Wild West pimp style out oh here. Oh God. Oh my God. <laughs> if you used officer safety as a reason to not pass permitless carry, you have absolutely zero recollection or or zero understanding of what or why people carry firearms we don't carry firearms because we're going to go get in a shootout with the local gang that's not what we're doing carry firearms because if in the last chance we have to pull out our weapon in self-defense we will have to stop them by any means necessary i'm not out to kill anybody i'm not out to kill anyone but if you're coming at me with a knife or you hop out of your car with your machete, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> did, did you, I can't remember if I sent this to you, but there was a, oh man, who posted that? Was it Mr. Guns and Gear? There was mm. the, the guy that pulled a knife on what, I think it was an off-duty cop that was like returning home. But this dude had some crazy road rage incident where he started cursing at this off-duty cop, telling him that, there's kids that live here and the dude had blown through a stop. The cop had blown through a stop sign. And mm -hmm. like I said, he's off duty. So he's not in a cop car. And um, like the, the two went back and forth. And honestly, the off duty cop should have just driven off, but instead he stopped and argued with this guy. And then the guy pulls a knife and then the cop immediately, and you can see in the video footage that, He's got a gun on his back hip, completely out of view to the, mm -hmm. the citizen. And as soon as the guy pulls a knife, he pulls the gun out and guns him down. Uh, he doesn't shoot him. He, he makes him get on his knees. And then uh, the guy got his mother come out and some other woman and uh, they retreated him into the house. And then I don't know, just talked with the people waiting on the other officers to arrive. It was pretty wild, <clears throat> but it was definitely like there was no need for that guy to pull over the off-duty cop to mm -hmm. engage with this dude that was doing i mean that was just on some road rage yeah don't get me wrong if you hit my kid i will drag you out of the car and beat you to death but you know if you you know if you run through my neighborhood i will just post on my local neighborhood facebook group how much of an asshole you are 
other than that, um, I don't really care. If you're going to go run, like there was somebody that ran into a bunch of parked cars the other day because they were speeding through the neighborhood. And I'm like, all right, idiot. And it literally, I was just, I literally like looked down the street and I was like, oh, look, that's a moron. And I said it out loud. And the guy was Good standing luck explaining there. that to your insurance. <laughs> I said it out loud. I was probably 20 feet from the guy. I'm like, oh, you're a fucking idiot. As so I walked into my house, like, <laughs> like, I don't give a shit. Come at yeah. me, bro. Yeah, there's uh, there was no, I mean, for like the concealed carry class that I went through, like you're pretty much taught to like disengage, like you don't sit there and this cop did not disengage. It was like all on the dude was like, it's like the guy, even the, the citizen like goes to like turn to walk away for a second and then they just continue exchanging. And I was like, what is going on here? Like at this point I would have got in my car went and got dinner and forgot about it. Like I would yeah. have vented about it for a little bit, but that was, it was wild. And I, yeah. I, I think it was Mr. Guns and Gear posted that one. I watched it like 10 times. I was like, did they really just do this? <laughs> People are dumb. Anyway, it's dinner time here at Hoodlum's house. So I am going to head out, but um, don't have too much fun. Hey, I saw you're getting bla- blasted before the podcast. That was nice. I had, uh, they had slushies and I, you know, I don't even know what they put in it. I did get a shot of Amaretto in the second one. It was pretty good. The second one. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I have, I have a beer and a shot of tequila and I'm, I'm drunk. So I'm a, I'm a lightweight. I, I, I'm kind of a lightweight. I haven't, you know, in the past three weeks, three weeks, roughly. I hadn't been, I haven't been drinking much. I haven't yeah, had a, much. I haven't had a beer in like two months. Uh, yeah, see, I just pretty much grab a margarita whenever I hit the local Mexican restaurant. Oh wait, no, I think I had a margarita about a month ago, month and a half ago. I think I had a margarita then, but I yeah, never, I, mean, I never drink. I think we got a gift card to like a Longhorn Steakhouse, and I was like, I could spend ten dollars on this. I'm like, sure. And then I walked out of there, and my lips were numb because I'm I'm a super lightweight, and um, I, <laughs> it's hilarious. But no, yeah. It was awesome talking to you, man. Uh, let's do this again next week. Uh, same time, same bat channel. Sounds good. All right, man. Have a good one. And then uh, tell everyone where they can find you because I got to do that. Too. Uh, it's it's Millar time. Uh, M-I-L-L-A-R uh, on Instagram, on YouTube. Uh, I have a Facebook page too. Yeah. Uh, and there there is dots in between. So it's I-T-S dot M-I-L-L-A-R dot time t-i-m-e you should you should fuck with everyone and change that to a y (laughs) i was thinking i should make a a a backup page i was looking at this right before i got on um you know like they have miller high life yeah millar millar high life millar high life there you go (laughs) as a backup page and there you go and then you you go ahead run run suppress stay blessed there you go um (laughs) and then uh you guys can find me at hoodlums underscore gun underscore bench on instagram hoodlums gun bench on youtube and other places and then um or shooting the shit here and then uh as i always say shoot him in the face